Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Good morning, and uh, thanks for being patient through that uh, longer interlude there. It appears the Ohio Redistricting Commission has unanimously passed a set of Ohio legislative maps, meaning that the Democrats approved them, which by all intents and purposes further invalidates the false narrative and red herring argument going forward that the maps are gerrymandered and it should kill any legal challenges going forward, which we hope will save tax dollars uh, that the would be spent otherwise for the Ohio Supreme Court to mull over crybaby antics of the left. Welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network. I'm filling in today, tomorrow, and Friday for Bruce. That right there, that's Jeff Murtall. He's behind the glass producing. Jeff, thank you. Doing a fantastic job. In just a moment, we'll be joined by State Senator Andrew Brenner. He's a Republican from Delaware. But first, a programming note. You probably know Bob France of Always Right Radio, a Salem media show host out of Cleveland. He's going to join us at 11.50 today. We're going to chat about tonight's debate and an incredible story about a football coach in northern Ohio who was forced to resign after an audible his teams have used for 20 years offended the opposing team and coaches. Then we have a treat at 12.05. The Bruce Hooley will join us on the phone line for two segments. He wants to set the record straight on something he said yesterday, so we'll start there. And then we're going to talk about tonight's debate, the Trump candidacy, maybe the United Auto Workers strike, and answer the question, have progressives just admitted that their policies are an object failure? You won't want to miss Bruce Hooley at the top of the noon hour. Now I want to welcome in a friend and an elected official. He's State Senator Andrew Brenner. He chairs the important Senate Education Committee. Senator Brenner, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. Well, thank you very much, Jack, for having me and uh, definitely uh, praying uh, for Bruce's full recovery. Amen. I know I join you in that, and I'm sure all of our listeners do, too. First things first, were you surprised by the poise Ohio State showed in the final minute of Saturday's game coming away from (laughs) South Bend with a victory? Uh, no, actually, they, they performed very well, I think, throughout the game, in the second half especially. Uh, what really I was happy with was to see that uh, uh, Lou Holtz got under uh, Day's skin so that Day actually showed a ton of emotion. That was outstanding. In fact, uh, I hope he shows that kind of emotion throughout the rest of the season. If he does, I think we could go on to a national championship. Man, from, from your mouth to God's ears. Uh, hey, on to state matters. We heard reports last night, and we published uh, just now, that the Ohio Redistricting Commission, easy for me to say, uh, voted unanimously to pass Ohio House and Senate district maps. 
Now there are 99 House districts, 33 Senate districts. Uh, what can you tell us? Did the maps indeed pass? Because there was some confusion uh, today as the commission announced uh, that they're going to meet on Friday. Uh, what can you give us? Yeah, I uh, I made a couple calls myself. It, it looks like those are for technical changes. Uh, in other words, the maps did pass last night, seven to nothing. So it is bipartisan. Uh, in fact, uh, it, that, that was a unanimous decision. Um, the potential plan for this Friday is if, you know, there were some errors on the way some things were drawn and they need to make some technical changes, that's the point for this Friday's meeting. At least that's what I've been told. So the maps that you see them are pretty much uh, set uh, for the next election and potentially uh, it looks like through the rest of the decade um, because of that court ruling that occurred uh, last year, uh, there really wasn't a decision from the redistricting commission. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those were kind of court ordered maps. These maps were actually approved by uh, the the redistricting commission on a, a, bipartisan basis. So I I think these maps potentially are the maps for the next uh, several elections. That's good news, um, particularly that it's a a seven to nothing vote. And that seems to take the fangs out of this, uh, what you and I both know to be a red herring argument that maps are gerrymandered, so on and so forth. And the political crybabiness, if you will, of of the left. Uh, my understanding, though, is this still needs to be sent on to the Ohio Supreme Court. Is that accurate? That, do they need to bless it and then it becomes official? Um, I don't know that they need to send it on. My understanding is, though, that this, these maps can still be challenged. Uh, and in fact, I think there is an anticipation that the maps might be challenged in the courts, in which case it would go uh, to the courts. Now, there may need to be some technical things to go to the courts because the courts are the ones who ordered it. And so they may need to send this to them. But given the fact that it was a unanimous decision, I don't see where the court would rule against it. In fact, I would think the courts would just uh, say, yep, you did your job. Yeah. And, you know, I think there are two amendments that are in play here, one in 15 and one in, I think, 17 or 18 regarding the Ohio Redistricting Commission. And I need to dive in better and understand more fully the language of those amendments. But my understanding is that if the maps are passed by the Ohio Redistricting Commission, they need to make the effort. And that's it. Um, I was really surprised last year when the chief justice really got into the innards of what was going on and really kind of started dictating how maps should be drawn. That seems to be an overstep uh, by a Supreme Court justice. But but I digress there. Uh, as you look at the maps or as you see the maps and understand them, uh, what, what are some of the big changes and uh, what can you tell us about the Senate districts and the House districts? Well, there were some changes to the maps. I mean, I, I glanced through them. I say that they've they're they're a little more competitive um you know for anybody that's uh saying that hey you want more competitive maps there are more competitive maps here um i also believe that eric holder uh, has is, was not involved in these maps like he was last year mm-hmm. uh, you know obama and, and their people were pushing to make some major changes last year and they were i think heavily involved at behind the scenes at least that's what i've been told um, and I and this year, it, I believe the Democrats here in Ohio uh, made decisions on these maps here in Ohio, and they worked, uh, you know, as a, a body to try to come up with a compromise. And that's what happened. Excellent. Uh, Senator, I'm really grateful that you joined me today. I know that you have uh, some uh, committee hearings to, to tend to. So let me shift gears on you for a second. Um, the budget 
that was passed, it contained language that established the Department of Education and Workforce and put it under the power mm-hmm. of the executive branch, i.e. the governor. Now, a group of state board members challenged that law in Franklin County where a judge has temporarily halted the change and even indicated that the group may have a case uh, and that the law might be struck down. Now, the judge, based on my understanding, uh, premised that on the idea that a bill should contain one law. Uh, that's troublesome because the budget often contains many things. How do you see this playing out? And here's a dumb question. Do other laws that were written into the budget, are they now void? No, I, th- this was specifically over essentially Senate Bill 1 being amended into the state budget. Um, budgets, the budget is a document that is to uh, fund agencies in the state. This restructuring of the department included funding to restructure the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. So you had to, you can't just do one without the other. You have to do both. Yep. So I think because funding was included, uh, that I, I think that if it were to get appealed, because they were saying that, you know, yeah, they, they were arguing that it was the one subject rule. However, in a budget, that's not the case. And, you know, this was part of education and this was a restructuring that included funding to fund the new state school board structure, along with the new Department of Education or Workforce. And that is allowed. And I believe there is precedent there. Now, I'm not an attorney mm-hmm. um, and you're going to have like the Ohio Attorney General's office. They're going to be, I'm sure, uh, countering this and, and potentially appealing it, depending on how the court uh, rules. But yes. They put a stay on this for about two weeks. So it's uh, not for another, I think, 10 days before there's a, a, a final ruling uh, from the, the local court. And at that point, it could either be appealed or the court could just throw it out. So about a minute here. I think this kind of leads into another story that I read yesterday about the state Senate now uh, is going to report news directly from the Senate, from a website, from a blog. And uh, that is yes, we are an effort to bypass uh, really some shoddy reporting. And, and some of that reporting uh, was on this matter of uh, school board members contesting the state budget. Uh, 30 seconds. What can you tell us about the, the new Senate news outfit? Absolutely. We're, we're actually doing this because we have challenged a lot of these reports and our side is not getting picked up. So we're going to go directly to the people with our own reporting and let the public know, you know, at least our side, you may or may not agree with us, but you're going to actually hear from us now, as opposed to some of the reporting, which has left us completely out of the loop. Wow, that's a big development. And uh, we'll have you back in the days ahead to talk about that and more. He is State Senator Andrew Brenner from Delaware. Senator, thank you for joining us today on The Bruce Woolley Show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, back after this break. Stay tuned to Bruce Woolley. Uh, 98.9 FM, The Answer. And by the way, we'll have Bruce at 12.05. You'll want to stay tuned for that. Hey, welcome back to The Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM. The Answer in Columbus, coming to you live from Studio 4. Jeff Murtaugh, keeping us on time and online. Thank you, sir. And uh, thank you to State Senator Andrew Brenner, who just joined us and confirmed that the Ohio Redistricting Commission did indeed pass unanimously 
state Senate and state House maps. Now, that's important because we have elections coming up. But what's also important is that the constitutional amendment that created the Ohio Redistricting Commission requires bipartisan approval. And that happened seven to nothing. Tonight, we proved that good faith negotiations with our colleagues from both sides of the aisle, guided by the process approved by the voters to draw legislative districts, can work exactly the way it was intended to work when not undermined by out-of-state special interest groups. Uh, That would be Eric Holder, who is uh, a back pocket of – in the back pocket, rather, of uh, former President Barack Obama. Uh, that's what commission member uh, Senator Rob McCulley said. He didn't say the part about Eric Holder. I did. Uh, McCulley went on to say, I'm very pleased with the bipartisan effort that produced maps that will remain in place for the rest of the decade. Now, uh, Tuesday marked the first time the commission passed maps with support from both parties. Five previous maps received no Democratic support and were ruled unconstitutional by the state Supreme Court. Now, if you remember, a federal court eventually instituted one of those versions for a second primary last year. But it's worth noting that the chief justice of the Ohio Supreme Court, who goes by the moniker Republican, uh, certainly seemed to be an activist in that process. That's my that's my view. That's my opinion. And uh, as a citizen of this country, I have a First Amendment constitutional right to state it. I do appreciate the effort of the members of the Ohio Redistricting Commission who worked hard to find a compromise as illustrated by the final amended map. We collectively produced better, fairer maps. However, this cycle of redistricting has made it clear that this process does not belong in the hands of politicians. That's what Senate Minority Leader Nikki Antonio, she's a Democrat from Lakewood, had to say about the process. Did you catch that part in there? This cycle of redistricting has made it clear that this process does not belong in the hands of politicians. You may remember that there is now an effort to change the structure of the Ohio Redistricting Commission, which now has uh, members that are elected officials. You have the governor, the secretary of state, you have the auditor, and then you have someone appointed by uh, the House Speaker and the Senate President. Democrats want to take power away from elected officials. Remember, they don't like representative republics. They like this idea of raw democracy. And in fact, they tell you every day that you live in a democracy and they are 100 percent wrong. You live in a constitutional representative republic and we the people are most represented by who? State representatives from those 99 districts, maps that they approved. But. Democrats like Antonio, what do they want to do? They want to install a citizen board. And those citizens are chosen by some other group, a selection committee, which, by the way, I would imagine would be heavily funded from some pretty nefarious left-wing sources and probably contain all kinds of progressives. We're going to talk later about progressives and their abject failure on policy. But I digress. So, Antonio is leaning into this idea that we need to have a citizen board and that the elected officials that you go to the ballot box and elect are not good enough. I mean, that's essentially what she's saying, right? You voted these people in. 
and you've given them power in this process, but we can't trust them. We need we need to get other people in here. Now, I'm going to point to some of the <laughs> Uh, some of the panels that have been installed in heavily democratic cities throughout the country, I believe Columbus is also one of those, where we have citizen boards that are now the tail wagging the dog of law enforcement. How's that going out in Oakland? How's that going in Columbus, Ohio? How's that going in these major cities where murder rates are higher than they've been, where some businesses are closing because of a massive uptick in theft? How's that going? The other thing that the left is trying to do is they're trying to take away qualified immunity, meaning they want to make sure that if police officers actually stand behind the law and uh, arrest people or take action, uh, that if it's deemed illegal, that they can be in hot water. So understand uh, she's seeding the idea here that progressives are trying to install all around the country. Um, in the Senate, 20 districts are strongly Republican with these maps. Three lean to the GOP, according to a report. Nine are strongly Democratic. 59 of the 99 House districts are Republican districts. Three leaning toward the GOP. What is that, 62? Uh, 30 solid Democratic maps with eight leaning toward Democrats. Now, opponents are already saying the maps give Republicans the opportunity to hold or grow their supermajority in both the House and the Senate. It begs the question, why is that? Is it because the maps are gerrymandered? Is it because Republicans are enjoying the spoils of victory? I would argue it's that because Ohioans prefer Republican policy over wacko progressive policy. Voters tend to think that we should allow girls to go to the girls' bathroom without boys being present, that girls should be on sports teams where boys are not competing with them for playing time, for victories, for scholarships. They tend to believe that parents who, if they want to have, let their kids have a Tylenol, need to give consent to the school – they believe that parents should have the right to know if a child wants an abortion, if their child is starting to gender transition. But the left doesn't want that. That's obvious by their support of issue one in November. That issue, that radical proposed amendment would allow abortion on demand to birth. It would allow minors to gender transition and abort without parental consent. So, this is not a matter of gerrymandering. This is a matter of preference. It's a matter of preference for sane policies that reject this idea that there is no objective truth, postmodernism, and and supports the idea that there is truth, one of those truths being that parents have a right and that our culture and our society works better when we follow long-established and productive rules. Hey, stay tuned to The Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM.